Welcome everyone to Nelly Furtado's favourite football podcast, the only fans football podcast. On this week's pod, the lads discuss the ongoing situation in Nantes. The lads chat about this past weekend's League of Ireland and Premier League action and pick their top five right backs ever in the Premier League in the next instalment of the only fans football podcast, Ultimate Premier League 11. We hope you enjoy the podcast wherever you're listening and be sure to follow our Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter and TikTok. Take it easy. I spend these senses tell me this is gonna get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, Minigo Giantopolis. I have a dream. Arnie Cut! Bartler. Eh. The fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goop blood. He has the goop blood. Get out! Get out, man! You're right now! We're rigging! Yeah! Yeah! Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is that your fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stug were that good. Welcome everybody. <laughs> to the Only Fans Football Podcast, episode number... 24, I think. 24. Is it 3 or 4? Yeah, I it's have, I've lost 24. It is 24. 24. The Woot. Woot Horst. Woot Horst. The Woot Horst. In old to a uh, star striker. He's a star man. Uh, Woot Weghorst. Because he scored an assist against Brighton the weekend. But woot, woot Woot. That's the sound of the police. <laughs> woot, woot. The memes are endless really aren't they? <laughs> For a big long piece of shite in front. He, he, he comes with great memeage. Cran, my good friend, how are you today? It's a great word as well. It is. Me, I mean, Weghorst. Weghorst by name, horse by nature. Cran, how are you? Fantastic. It's the month of colds and fucking dying of flus. And it's horrible. I hate it. And shit weather as well. Mm. I, the weather's I, been mad. I had sp- three storms in a week, Adzi. Mm. I couldn't go outside without getting blown climate. away. What's, what's what we're going for? It's um, global warm. God almighty. I was, I was sick all week again. Do you know that cold I had last week? I still had that for another you week. You sound a bit better though, to be fair. I swear I have autoimmune disease or something. I just can't, <laughs> I can't shake anything. But uh, look, I'm looking forward to the summer. Mm. And you sound much better this week than you did last week. Well, thanks, Adzi. You know, last week I made you um, a lens of Piparaka, and this week I'm out here making you mochas, and it's a nice crumb. Last week I sounded like Sean Dyche. This week <laughs> I sound like Martin Luther King, baby. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't at all, really. It's a, it's a great, it's a great comparison. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, crowd. We the la- the League of Ireland preview went down an absolute treat, by the way. Did you? I got I got a load of text on the day of the kickoff itself. Good listener to the show, Dave from uh, Awfully, I think he's from um, obviously I met him in Minute, he's, he's a good fan of the show. He wants to come on and talk about Stephen Kenny at some stage. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But um <laughs> he, he he wouldn't be a big League of Ireland fan, but he said he really enjoyed it and Sennon said he enjoyed it, like Ian said he enjoyed it. Which is always good for us, you know what I mean? It's good when uh, your body of work is appreciated. 
and I did feel we done well last week. Oh yeah. But yeah, grand grand week to be fair. Um came to the Friday cran. What a day. Um what a weird game of football. I know you watched it. I did, yeah. We'll we'll talk about the League of Ireland really brie- briefly. We we might do that every start of every episode now just to kind of catch people up. The day itself, Cran, Friday came around and uh I was sitting around all day twiddling my toes. It was an awful day. Oh, was, I mean it was horrible. <coughs> yeah. And obviously with this what was the storm called? Eunice or something? Eunice, yeah. What a fucking shit name for a storm. <laughs> And the Fucking last one hell. was Franklin from GTA. Yeah, <laughs> it was literally the mom. It was literally Storm Franklin from GTA. <laughs> um, this the storm was muck. It was only a bit of wind. It was grand. In Dublin, we were all right. So went went to the went to the pub before the match, and the atmosphere in the pub cram fucking lit. The pub was packed. You couldn't you couldn't move in it. Back in the Premier Division, like and everyone was buzzing. Went down to the stadium then. <clears throat> and by the way, on the Friday. The, it was announced by Dublin City Corporation that Shelbourne had offered a proposal to buy Talca Park, which obviously, as we touched on, I think quite briefly last week, mm-hmm. with saving Talca Park, a massive thing for personally myself and obviously a lot of the Shells fans. So, so there was great energy going into it. it was sold out four thousand. The game, the game itself, I think it kind of flatters parts of it. You probably wouldn't have said it was a Trino game. Well, do you know what? It's like I don't watch the on that often, and I sat down and watched that game, and it's. It's it's improved a hell of a lot yeah. since I, last time I watched the League of Ireland game. Yeah. Usually you'd be watching hoofball, but the two teams were playing some fucking yeah. be- beautiful football. Yeah, and I think the weather actually kind of hindered that as well. Like I'd love yeah. to see, and the whole thing with League of Ireland is summer football, of course. Um, that kind of game on a summer's afternoon would, would be you know even better. I don't think the weather lended to the way Shells wanted to play, mm-hmm. and I think a few inexperienced players kind of. I'm not gonna say costs because I thought I thought there was I thought there was a lot of positives to be had from it as well. The way we played was expansive. You know what I mean? We you can see there's an, a clear idea from Duff that he does want to just hoof the ball. He wants to play football. Um, nearly got off to the best start possible. Thirty seconds in, Dan Carr scores for Shells and it's ruled out offside. And in the ground, the place obviously erupted because we thought we won a love against Pat, and obviously he wasn't. Um. And I thought for the next the next twenty minutes then we were very good. I thought we had chances. Jack Moylan, who we talked about last week from Bows, he was very good. But I thought he was a bit wasteful. But again, that comes with an experience. You have you have to let these players learn. Fourth goal to give away. Hawkins wins the ball from from uh, I think Billy King of Pats plays the infield to who he thought would have been Mark Coyle or eight there and falls to Dara Bournes. And you can't you can't prepare for someone just pinging one in from 25 30 yards out you know what I mean it was a great goal for me goal of the weekend you know what I mean there's a lot of good goals but that was kind of the goal of the weekend for me and then they beat us 3-0 in the end and I I came out I came out of the ground frustrated but we we all went and when I say we all I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give the lads show because they, they did take the time to go to talk of Rory Newman Aina Jerry Cottle, Cottle's a regular now. This blow-ins. 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 This is Cottle's fifth season sporting. Shay, you're also blowing. But we all went Kenny's afterwards. And the pub was packed full of Shells fans. And it was like, we just lost 3-0. You know, the big night was kind of fucked. Um, the Guinness and Kenny's is actually alright. It's very nice. Sat down, have a few points, a few chats. And um, out of nowhere, and this, this really took us all by surprise, to be honest. Out of nowhere, the barman just heard up the speaker all the way. And started playing, you know the original maniac. I was like, he's a maniac, maniac, and just started playing that. And we we're all like dancing, having a great chat, having a great laugh. 
and then he hired it up even more. What the? And fuck? I think I think it was he like this is probably the highest it could go. I swear to God, he had Elton John. I'm still standing play, and everyone everyone in the pub, all the Shells fans, and there was a few there was two Pats fans there as well, just kind of like taking it all in. Yeah. All the Shells fans stood up, and when I say all the Shells fans, all the lads were all standing up singing Elton John. It was fucking great. So we took ourselves to McGowan's. And uh, you floated to McGowan's. <laughs> we literally did float. Up. We were we were on a on a dream of Guinness pillows. Um, we got to McGowan's. We got in, and it was late. It was McGowan's. You know what? Like, we give McGowan's a bit of stick, and rightfully so. It's awful. <laughs> but the last two times I've been at McGowan's have been two of my best nights at McGowan's, which says a lot. Um, it, it could be me maturing, and I just don't care anymore. Yeah. But. McGowan Town was, was actually alright in front of The boom is back. The boom is back. <laughs> and um Sweet they they ended the night in McGowan's with Sweet Caroline. And it was a bit weird because you know like the way the English took over Sweet Caroline in the Euros. But it was actually great when it came on, to be honest. It was like hey. where it begins. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it was a good laugh. And it kind of drowned the sorrows of the match that was. I can't even I couldn't remember the match more than after. Good. It was like grand. But then reality sunk in. <laughs> We've been spanked 3-0. <laughs> we move on to Drotta then. We go again. In other games, I'll just run through them real quick. As we said, Finn Harps and Drotta was uh, postponed. I mean, it's not surprising. I'm done a goal. I'm surprised they have a pitch to play on, to be honest. Not my <laughs> Finn Harps is great. A bit of coastal erosion, was it? Postponed <laughs> the game. Finn the pitch Har- is gone. <laughs> Finn Harps is a great institution of the League of Ireland. I love them. Um, and Bowes as well were postponed against Sligo. Um, Dundalk two, Derry two. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the highlights as of yet. Um, there's a there's a new highlight show from anyone who does want to get into League of Ireland. Like two all two all at home to Derry isn't bad considering the investment Derry have had. I would have had Derry big favourites to win here to be honest, just because of the investment they've had. And then uh, Shamrock Rovers beat UCD three 0 which I suppose that's a bit of a surprise as well considering it was only three 0 You know what I mean? I think the Rovers lineup. Was unbelievable. It's one of the best teams in the league. You look at that bench: Carter, Tell, Green, Graham Bork. Like, how is Graham Bork not playing? You know, Sean Gannon, who I think is one of the best players in the league. I think yeah. Ronan Finn. The Rovers team just un- unbelievable. Jack Bourne got two assists in the game. Mandrew got a goal, and Sean Hoare also on scoring. And Bork got one late on. But look, you, you, you can't expect too much from UCD in a game like that. UC, UCD are going down. And Probably. so so are you or Finn Harps. One of the other. Or Drotter. Or Drotter. I think Drotter could be down there. But um, <laughs> the first division real quick, Athlone Town to uh, Waterford five. Bit of match fixing going on quite early on for Athlone. Bray Wanderers nil, Cork City six and Wexford won three five. So three away wins, all of an aggregate score. It's ridiculous. Of sixteen three, which is I mean, the the league's mad. But yeah, that that that's the first week in the League of Ireland down. Shells away to drop the weekend, and I cannot wait to go down to Drota. To Drota, yeah. Oh, you feel bad for you if you can't wait for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got nothing left. <laughs> Show the aim, Bill. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. That's the week that was. Huh? That's the week that was. <laughs> anyways, Cran, moving on now to the Saturday games in the Premier League. Um, the Premier League. The Premier League. To our American fans. Um twelve thirty kickoff. West Ham United won. Newcastle won. West Ham now have scored in every Premier League game at home this season. Which I think is quite a good start to be fair. 
It's always Michael Dawson. Every game. It's always... It's <laughs> Craig, Craig Dawson, you mean? <laughs> Michael Dawson. Whatever. Start, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Dawson with the goal. And it was a header in across from uh, Aaron Cresswell from a free kick, I believe. And then I think Joe Willock was a... He got the equaliser. They were shy. It was an awful game of football. Some of the highlights in the game, Cran, definitely weren't the goal. So the first one is... Um, Dan Bourne's tackle on Jared Bowen. He sent Jared Bowen into the shadow realm. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I cast him out. It was offside as well. So Bowen was offside and Dan Bourne just <laughs> clatters into him. And uh, do you know the way Dan Bourne is like seven foot tall? <laughs> Jared Bowen's just like squared up to him. He's just like literally looking up at him. And Dan Bourne's like, get away, get away the fuck. But the other moment of the match for me, and I know, I know you want to talk about this, <coughs> sorry but it's the shit house from Chris Wood so I don't know if you heard about this I think you did Craig Dawson reported Chris Wood to uh, the referee at half time <laughs> because he kept meowing that cartoon <laughs> what the fuck um, Chris Wood meowing that cartoon Burnley antics I don't know like first of all why I mean I know we were trying to get your opponent's head now but like it's just a bit weird isn't it you know what I mean yeah nothing really of note there that happened I think I do think it's a good result away from home for Newcastle especially yeah. considering you know Liverpool have lost there Chelsea have lost there City lost there in the cup like it is it is a tough place to go and um, yeah good result for Newcastle I think um, moving on to the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff scram we'll start off with Arsenal 2 Brentford 1 Arsenal both Saka and Smith Rowe's goals are very similar in the sense of both came from the same position in the box. I loved them. One, Smith Rowe's one in particular was very easy on the eye. He cuts in on his right and as if he just wellies it too quick for the keeper to get down and save. I think they call him the Croydon Cruyff or something. Which is, I mean, very apt in this scenario because he, he was so quick in, in moving his feet and moving the ball, sw- switching it onto his right foot. But bam, 1-0 to Arsenal. Um, Saka's goal then in a similar position, obviously a different kind of goal. He strikes with his left foot, but it goes in the exact same corner. And look at Arsenal now find themselves on 42 points with 23 games played, three games in hand on West Ham, who are above them in the table in fifth, and 42, and three games in hand on Manchester United, around 46 points. So they're still in with a hope for Champions League football. Crown, what do you think? I I, lo- I have to say those got two goals were probably up there for goals a week for me. Yeah, the especially the second one mm. I I found brilliant mm. left foot right corner hits the post majestic mm. and uh, I, I, just just real quick about Saka and Smith Rowe because they remind me of when so when Raheem Sterling broke into Liverpool and Liverpool weren't in a position of winning trophies. And Sterling, of course, went to City and he's won everything since by the Champions yeah, League. That was still Chelsea. This is the point I'm making. Now, not necessarily Chelsea, but I will. That I don't think they'll stay. If Arsenal don't get Champions League football this season and they can't win a trophy because they're in no more competitions, they won't win the Premier League. The likes of Smith Rowe and Saka have to be thinking elsewhere, especially yeah. Saka, I think, for a player of his ability. Um, I can't see him staying there. Well, just a quick note as well Smith Rowe has more goals than Mason Mount this season. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean yeah. You talk about, and he's playing in a lesser team as well. Yeah, you talk about uh, final product, end product, mm. and and stats and that. Like him to have more goals than the player of Mason Mount's caliber is impressive. Very. Um. Yeah. No. Completely agree. I. I think 
I like uh, personally speaking, I don't think Arsenal are getting Champions League. No. I know we talked about them before when they were up there and stuff, and they're on that good run. I just think the squad depth really is, is going to be where the problem is. And you look at Aubameyang, who left. He got a hat-trick for Barcelona on the weekend. Yeah. And they're wondering, like, why couldn't he do that at Arsenal? You know what I mean? So, I think that's probably the one position where they'll struggle um, is squad depth. We move on, Cran, will we? So, Tampton 2, Everton 0. Um, and just, just a quick thing about Everton and Frank Lampard in the four games he's been there. So, he's played two at home and two away. And in the two games at home, he's scored seven goals. So everything have scored seven and conceded one. Away from home, they've scored one and conceded five. Mm-hmm. Now, this is obviously a bit of a trend. Now, obviously, it's only four games in. So the, the kind of pool of evidence isn't absolutely massive to kind of create anything against Lampard. Yeah. But you, you have to be stronger away from home, especially against a team like Southampton who... I'm not saying they're they're bad, but they're, and obviously they got a good result against City the other week as well. So they've shown the pedigree before. But I think for Everton themselves, they have to be winning these kinds of games, regardless yeah, of their home away. To be fair, now for the level they're playing at, some of the passing was just horrendous. Mm. Like, and you talk about shape and that, like Lampard's shape for that second goal. I think it was the or the first goal they conceded, mm. where. Uh, Gomez is left isolated on his own mm. no one to pass to him right or left to him mm. if you want to play from out from the back you need players to come back to actually help play as well. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like and yeah I think there was a Golson managerial quality there between yeah. Hassan Hüttel and Lampard and Lampard coming out again and slating players like he did that at Chelsea mm. I don't know why he's doing that it gets you nowhere really what's he doing it gets you nowhere um, I worry for him because I do love Frank but it's 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 a case of <clears throat> Will he make it as a manager or not? It's not on good. Aston Villa nil, Watford won. Cran. Um, two wins and ten for Villa. And they came against Norwich and Everton. Uh, it's not looking great at the minute for Stevie G's boys. I think he's trying to embed a lot of new players. I think Coutinho coming in has done great. And you've seen him against United. You've seen him against Everton away. United, which they drew in, of course. This is a horrible result for Stevie G and Villa. Like It's an all, it's a really bad result. Like. Um, yeah I mean the quality of the league has definitely improved though like mm. the fact that you're coming up against like Aston Villa Everton are coming up against a team like Southampton who are very well managed a team teams like Brighton as well very well managed like the quality is getting better and better every year when you say that so, about Brighton go on yeah uh, you know what I mean no I know what you mean yeah. um, so it is it's, it's getting harder and harder to win games like easy games aren't easy anymore is what yeah. I'm trying to say like I still think Villa are a very good side. Like even like so in those ten games that I've spoken about there, the two wins from ten, I think they've drawn like three of them, mm. and one of them that they lost was United in the cup, one nil, one nil at Old Trafford where they nearly won. You know what I mean? They could have gotten the result there. So like I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as what I made it out to be. To be fair, but like it is a bit of a worrying sign that they only have two wins in ten. Yeah. You know that kind of way. Um. The touch Dennis on, goal, by the way. Touch on Watford, yeah. Dennis goal, very good. Yeah. Very good goal. The cross by... The menace. <laughs> Dennis the menace. He's <laughs> back again. Is Malia Sarr on the right? And you're going to need the two of them. If, if Watford are to stay up, I don't think they will. But if they are to stay up, they're going to need the likes of Sarr and Dennis to kind of come and clutch. It was a great ball in. Gets into the box, kind of waits for the perfect moment to cross. Dinks it over the defence and Dennis is there to put it away. I don't know what Dean is doing. 
leaving him free for that long. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't engage at all. Was it Dennis that came out after and said they're <laughs> they're absolutely fucked or something like that? Yeah. So after the match, uh, Mario Dennis is um, obviously caught doing the interview, and the interview is like, "So Emmanuel, what's it like with Roy Hodgson coming in?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, the gaffer he came in and um, you know." He said it's a fucked up situation, <laughs> and then the video just cuts. Cut it, cut it, cut it. But um, okay, they're gonna need players like himself. Yeah, right, and oh, he's spot on. Like, is this this is Watford's third manager this season? Like it's the club's a shambles. Like um, move on. the cycle in GK. Oh, what what a frigging geezer! What a frigging geezer! He loves Roy Hodgson. Uh, we move on to um, Brighton nil, Burnley three. We. Weg, Horst, what a fucking performance, man. He's a game changer. Oh, my God. He's been unreal since he's come in. Yeah, and I think uh, Ian Wright or Alan Shearer or something was reading, reading out uh, that he's had most goals in Bundesliga mm. uh, behind Lewandowski. So. Like, like I, I genuinely think, but I, I, I'll be honest, I think Borne will stay up. I, I can see Borne staying up. Um, they're looking a lot better with him in the team. They're looking so kind of solid. Like they're you know, they're like they're a unit again. Against against United they could have won. A goal and an assist for Weghorst in this. Especially the, the the assist itself. So he gets the ball, he turns Duffy. Like like that. He just rolls him. Plays it into Brownhill. Brownhill scores and Brownhill I think actually was was the actual man of the match right, on the so day. Duffy loves getting sent to the shops. Yeah. Well my God. He had a bad performance. Um he was really bad in it. Yeah. And like Brighton are losing Dan Bourne and Dan Bourne's been immense for Newcastle so bit of a mad one but um, Aaron Lennon gets the final goal and this this for me I know I said about Dara Bourne's goal for Pats this for me was up there with goal, goal the weekend as well um, comes in on his right and he kind of hits it with the inside of his boot off the top of the crossbar and in great finish and for a player like Aaron Lennon I think, I think he was suffering with a few mental health issues as well um, not too long ago so the same coming back and, and getting a goal for, for Bourne he's uh, very good you know but, um, yeah. still played, but fair play to him yeah absolutely um, Wakehorst is going to be a fucking nightmare to deal with I can tell like he's, he's going to be one of those players you just hate going yeah. up against oh when Ashley Barnes gets fit again you have to two them to contend with it oh. move on Crystal Palace nil Chelsea won Grant Romelu Lukaku got seven <laughs> touches in the game Seven fucking touches. I'm gonna let you take it away because I I, I didn't actually watch. I seen the X goal, lovely little finish. Um, I'm gonna snatch be and grab if I've ever seen it. I only caught the second half, but um, yeah, I have to say we were absolutely woeful the whole game. Um, and I'm not using excuses here, but I'm gonna blame fatigue, jet lag for for that bad energy, low energy performance. Yeah, and it was something um, we didn't talk about. Cran was the World Cup win yeah. for Chelsea. So do you want to touch on that real quick? Oh, yeah, I think it's very good this part of the season to build win a mentality, yeah. to be, to boost confidence. I think it's a very important win. It's hard to go out there to Abu Dhabi for two games and get the job done. I think it's it's a bit of a what would you call that? A bit of a nuisance in Noose. the middle of the season. Yeah. So to get the job done, it was very it's it, it's very uh, reassuring for the team. I was saying to Hadzi there, we have two trophies already this season. And you're coming up for a third against Liverpool mm. already on Sunday, and it's mm. February. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's very. It builds a winning mentality. It builds winning mentality, and that's what Chelsea's all about. And uh, yeah, it was a good win in the Club World Cup, and you have the little gold badge now, which is nice. Mm. 
I noticed that he was wearing it in the Premier League, but the FA wouldn't let us wear it in the Premier League. It's a little it's kind of strange. A little flex. Like two two trophies, and we're not even past. We're not even in March yet. Could be three by the end of the weekend for Chelsea. You know what I mean? So you just you, domestic I, treble coming up. Sorry, just to cut back to Palace real quick. Um, yeah, it was a a rubbish game of football. It was turgid to watch. Um, I was sat there watching and. I, I was almost falling asleep watching it and I had Liverpool knowledge on in the background we'll talk about that now mm. but uh, Ziyech gets the goal in the end I think it's the 90th minute lovely volley and he's coming into form I think he has three goals in the last three games in the Premier League and he's coming into form at the right time we need him firing I just don't want to be dragged into a to- uh, top four race anyway mm. we'll move on Liverpool 3 Norwich 1 and a bit like the Chelsea game the first half wasn't that great Um Norwich created very little. Now, now on match of the day, I think Norwich had a shot like 30 seconds in. Liverpool were a bit lethargic at times. I thought, you know, Gomez at right back, and I'm a big fan of Joe Gomez. I really do like Joe Gomez, but I think at right back, sometimes he seems like he's a bit uncomfortable there. And I think when he set a standard of Trent and Robertson on, on the fullbacks, where you're kind of heavily relying on them, um, to throw Gomez in and expect him to kind of give the same distributions bit is a bit hard. Tim McCast was very good again, he's a very good deputy for Robertson I feel. Um Chamberlain, I think it was Chamberlain Kate and Henderson midfield didn't exactly light the world on fire. You know yeah. what I mean? When you have again when you set a standard with Fabinho and Thiago, it is it's hard to live up to that. Now they didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And anyway it's Norwich get the first goal in the game. <laughs> it was it was Rashika. <laughs> did you hear Nard's song? <laughs> Rashika. <laughs> Very good. Uh, he, he cuts in on the right and it takes a massive deflection off Joel Matip. Um, Lazy leg. It, it's just one of them. Like I said about Darryl Bourne scoring facts, like you can't prepare for someone whacking one in from 25 yards out. No more than you can prepare for someone taking a shot from outside the box and hit, uh, getting the well, Alison probably would have saved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's one of those things you're never going to really know because probably never going to happen again. But Klopp's in-game management, I feel, has, has been unreal this season. He's, he's brought players into games and they just changed. So in this game, it was Thiago and Origi who came on at 1-0 to Norwich. And within six minutes, it was 2-1. You know what I mean? It was instant change. It was an in- instant impact. Good goals as well. Yeah. Thiago in particular, man, was very good <laughs> because he, he just... He has that ability to pick a pass and like before he receives the pass, he knows his next pass. You know what I mean? He kind of can read the game very well. Henderson was very good. When, when Thiago came on, funny enough, I thought Henderson raised his game a bit. and um, Mane gets the overhead goal. Um, everyone involved there. It was Tim McCass's header into him. Mane with an overhead kick. Went past the keeper. Um, Allison's assist for Mo Salah. Um, I heard I heard the commentator say it was good clearance. But Allison's done this before where he's picked Mo Salah out with a pass. He's done it plenty of times. Salah took it down mad. Yeah. Huh. Great takedown. Runs around the defenders and slots it in. He actually made them finish. look like Phil. Yeah. They look so <laughs> bad. Yeah, it was it was good good assist from Allison. It was a great finish by Salah as well. And then the highlight of the game for me was Luis Diaz. Again, I thought he was electric. And Henderson he passed he done it he done it against Everton as well this season pass and he done against United as well for Salah two goals that pass that he does for Diaz is, is goal if Pogba De Bruyne Fernandez does it Jorginho even everyone's gone mad about it and I'm a firm believer in it because it's 
because it's Jordan Henderson doing it that it's not getting as much plaudits as it deserves right it was so. a great pa- no not at all <laughs> <laughs> it was a great pass by Henderson and Diaz just chips it over the, the goalkeeper to make it 3-1 I'm going to switch on Norwich as well Billy Gilmore is, he, he's, he's been fucking uh, thrown under the bus at, at Norwich he's been made look terrible and he was, I thought he was really bad on he, of course he was but he's playing with Norwich and I feel bad for him and uh, yeah that, that's all I have to say really bring back Billy justice for Billy <laughs> and that was the game that was and obviously like we're going to talk about the biggest talking point of the weekend now but I tra- when, when that game finished you're like ah, what a result Yeah. and then the City game happens and you're over the moon because that result seems even bigger then we'll, we'll touch on real quick Ram. the League Cup final this Sunday Liverpool Chelsea are you going over I'm heading over to London yeah I'm all, I'm London calling London calling I don't think I'm going to the match as, as of yet but I will I will be in the area <laughs> well, well do you know what bring your checkbook god almighty mm. um, big game 7 euro for a point over there yeah I know it's going to be it's going to be um, expensive weekend but nonetheless Liverpool Chelsea how are you feeling are you confident are you unconfident Um. This is our mini little preview, by the way. We're not, we're not going to delve too much into it. I, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a case of it. It depends who shows up on the day. I yeah. suppose. Like I, I can't say for sure that uh, who's going to win because I think we're both in winning form mm. to a to a sense. Um, I think Liverpool are in better form in the league, but I think we have better cup form. Um, I think the way Chelsea are set up, they're set up to be a cup team. Like yeah, you know what I mean. And, that's so, that's no slight on Tuchel or anyone involved. Like it's who wins your trophies, who cares? Like it's not gonna win the league though. That's the thing. Yeah, true. Um we're not fluid enough to win the league, but if we show up on the day, uh Lukaku has been awful. Mm. I think he should be dropped and I think Werner should come in. Because I think Werner does more off the ball work. Especially in a game like this, Liverpool will be playing a high line, so I'd prefer to start Werner. Yeah. Um but that other than that, I don't know who's gonna win. I'd say it could be a tight game. Do you have a prediction? I go, I go for it to go to extra time, hmm. and I'll go for a Marcus Alonso last minute winner wow. in extra time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, I think, like you were saying about Chelsea having two trophies in February, Liverpool could have one trophy before March as well, yeah. and that would be very good. Again, like it builds that mentality of winning trophies, and the players get that hunger in them, and they want to just keep winning more trophies. I think the final is set up for Chelsea to win. That's the pessimist in me talking. Because of how Chelsea play. That's the reverse psychologist in you talking. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be that as well. But um, I think the way Chelsea play, they're set up for finals. You know what I mean? And if Liverpool play the way Liverpool can play at their best on Sunday, then you would expect Liverpool to win. The way Tuchel um, you know, operates in a, in a game, in a final of a magnitude like that, um, he, usually come, he usually does well out of it. So... I, I'm not gonna. I, I hate making predictions. I really do. So I'm just gonna say it's gonna go to the penalties because that that's a flip of the coin. Then whoever wins wins. Well, but, um, I'll see you yeah. in Soho. You'll see me in Soho. But Cran, bring me home a program. I will bring you home a program. <laughs> Moving on, Cran. Half five. Man City two. Spurs three. Spurs. Dayan Kulisevsky, Harry Kane, Hungman Son. Unbelievable on the day. Pep Guardiola's Man City has now been beaten by four different sports managers. Jose, Poch, Nuno and Conte. And they've all played the same way. 
Now, how the fuck hasn't Pep sorted that out? And honest to God, I, I come three minutes in and Spurs scored. Three minutes in. And it was Kane's ball to Son, Son to Kulisevsky. Well, bam, 1-0. Unselfish. Very unselfish. Um, and that's that. I think that's Son in essence. So I think he yeah. is like that in general. Um, and himself and Kulisevsky caused so many problems. It was Kulisevsky's, Kulisevsky and Son's play in the second half that made it 2-1. Kane got the goal. Um, and in, sandwiched in between that was a Lloris mistake again. He can't keep getting away with this. Yeah, can't keep getting away with this. Basic. Then the, Spurs had a chance to make a three-one again, beautifully finished from Harry Kane, and Kulisevsky was offside. And I'm putting that in air quotes because I, I don't think he was offside. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that this margin for error bollocks is a load of shit. Passing on the side. Hap- happened. Yeah, it happened with Watkins against Newcastle as well. It's, it's too hard to judge, like. And then obviously Man City get a penalty then. I think it was like the 94th minute. Not a penalty by the way. Yeah, Arsenal had something similar in their game. Yeah, where they had a shot and it wasn't given. Yeah. Um, I, personally speaking, I do think it was a penalty. Like I think he does kind of like, he does definitely have ball. Like, yeah. Um, and there's kind of no defending it. No. But, <laughs> but you see the Arsenal game when it's not given. Yeah, I don't get that. And then it's given here. So you just can't rely on these fuckers. You know what I mean? They're just so bad at the oh, job. I had an Arsenal fan text me saying there's Arsenal never get decisions and all that. And I tend to agree with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I well, they're, not, they're not a big club anymore. Don't be well, saying that. Seven penos in 11 games for Man City. You see Craig Parson after. Uh, Man, uh, Spurs got the winner. I have it written down. He was bleeding fuming. He, he was disgusted. And I have I have a match fixing question mark written down here yeah. as well. Football wins. Thankfully, football is the winner. Yeah. The title race is alive and well. I just touch on real quick Man City's in game management. They had 44 crosses in the game with a forward line with an average height of 5 foot 8. You know what I mean? They're crosses to nobody and in fairness, Dyer, it was one of Dyer's best games in the sports jersey. He marshaled the defence really well. Himself, Ben Davis and Romero just got to everything and look at sports got the, got the away win. I have written here uh, pundits banging on about Kane like he's um, the next coming of Christ. Mm. Uh, I found that a bit ridiculous now. Yeah. Especially when he has, what, five goals? In... It was five goals up till before this yeah. game. And now it's seven. And then Shearer's like, oh, he's the best striker since uh, to ever do since it. Since me. All. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh, come on now. I don't get these analogies. I think I think Kane, on his own, by the way, so unprofessional. So, and I mean, this whole down and tools with Nuno Santos and not performing and stuff uh, that wrecked my head yeah, and even not going back to train because he wanted to come on City we could talk about it for a while but. and he could be scoring against City now to get him healed or something like that true, you, you know, I don't know. he played very well in this game don't he? But <sighs> Leeds United Sunday game Ben, ben. Da, 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 da. and it was like the Sunday game it was like watching a game of Gal Leeds <laughs> 2 Manchester United 4 I actually really enjoyed it it was a real throwback of a game the way the challenge were flying in and I gave him, and deservedly so, I gave him a stick. But Paul Tierney was very good. Let things flow. He, he could have maybe sent McTominay off. But I think in the general essence of the game, he was letting tackles fly in. He was being lenient. I thought he, I thought he managed the game very well. United take the 2-0 lead. Maguire, United's first goal from a corner. <laughs> this season, and their first goal from a corner since April 2021 versus Burnley. Terrible That's an defending. awful stat. That is, I mean, it was <laughs> awful defending. Um, and we talked about Leeds kind of giving these things away so obviously United score from a corner Everton getting their first win in ages Newcastle getting their first win in ages like I think if 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 you're looking to play a team at the minute it probably would be Leeds now I say that we're playing them on Wednesday 
and they're definitely going to turn into prime Brazil of the 1970s and they're going to turn up but that's to be expected um, I thought come the second half the introduction of Rafinha really changed the game himself and Gellhart bit of a fluke goal yeah the first goal from Rodrigo yeah, yeah the cross but I still think it was still a good goal mm. um, the second goal great tackle by Forshaw in midfield to take it away from Bruno but I do think in in the kind of the regular game of Premier League football that would have been they would have given a free over that well I just think it's the way Tierney was refereeing the game yeah. Leeds waited 17 years to get back into the Premier League only to concede 15 goals to Man United in 4 games I would be absolutely pulling my hair out man if I was a Leeds fan looking at these games so the first game 6-2 last season at Old Trafford nil all at Ellen Road 5-1 at Old Trafford oh on the God. first day of the season and now 4-2 yesterday if I'm a Leeds fan I am absolutely fuming at that um, I think uh, good substitution for Ragnick though yeah I think I, he brought yeah. he brought on Fred and Fred scored and Alanga as well I thought Alanga was very good when he came on he got a coin thrown at yeah and then he scored yeah. to, to kind of finish the game it was kind of poetic um, that Fred goal though I think it was uh, up there for God week. Yeah, absolutely. Sancho and involved. San- Sancho has been excellent for the last few games. Yeah. He looks like a real. Uh, he looks like the player they paid all the money for, really. Exactly. Yeah. Because he wasn't turning up earlier on in the season. And I do agree, he's kind of coming into himself now a bit more. And he lo- I think he got two assists yesterday, two or three. He looked really dangerous throughout the game. They had a good game midweek as well. Mm. I think uh, Sancho Brighton, was involved yeah. in that as well. Ian, Ian texts me yesterday and says. Because we, we've talked about Junior Fairpa on the podcast before and obviously yeah. <laughs> degraded him because he's shy. Yeah. But um, Ian says, Fairpa looks like he won a competition to play for Leeds. <laughs> and he did. It's actually some name. Junior Fairpa. Junior Fairpa. Mm. It sounds like something you'd hear in Cabaret. Yeah. Fairpa. Fairpa. Story Fairpa. Um, Wolves 2, Leicester 1. Some screamers. Some screamers. Why Why did he show Leicester every day of a half four on a Sunday? A fucking fi- every, half four or the two o'clock kickoff. They're always on. Probably because they're playing Europa League football. But we talk about Wolves because Wolves were actually good. Wolves have won six of the last eight games. Dark horses. Six points off United and fourth with two games in hand. Dark horses. Very much so. They've only conceded 18 goals all season. Man City are the only team to concede less Wow. with 17. Wolves are looking very good, and my prediction of them going down and start season looking worse as, as the weeks go Especially on. Especially when they they reach forty points. This yeah, I, I, Wolves could could get it. It was funny you put something in the, into the chat this morning about Max Kilman. Yeah, I've written here how good he how good he's been all season. I think he's been Wolves' player of the season. He looks good, yeah. Um, and I I think in a trade back the way Chelsea played, fitting, I, I'd say he'd be good beside Thiago Silva now. Powdered scores to make it 2-1. It was lovely finish by the way. Schmeichel looks for an offside. Right? And I'm sat here thinking, has Casper Schmeichel ever conceded a goal that he hasn't claimed was offside? Or he hasn't claimed something wrong. Yeah. Personally. He's a fucking moan bag, yeah. isn't he? I think Leicester F-U-C-K-E-D. It feels like they've lost their identity. Yeah. Like it feels like they've lost what made what's made them good. I don't know how to explain it, but they need Vardy back, in my opinion. Yeah. That's the Premier League. That's the weekend that was in the Premier League. Will we have a quick look at the table, Cran? So we're looking at the table. Man City find themselves on 63 points with 26 games played. Liverpool on 57 with 25 games played. Chelsea on 50 with 25 games played. And Manchester United on 46 points with 26 games played. The the, the race for top four is hotting up as well a bit. You know, you have Spurs on 39 and 8 with 23 games played. 
Wolves with 40 points with 24 games played. Arsenal on 42 with 23 games played. And West Ham with 42 with 26 games played. Yeah, the race is really hot, look. It is, yeah. It's, it's getting better and better every game. Your goal of the week, Cran. Goal of the week. I'm going for... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go for Ronaldo against Brighton. Oh, well. You're going midweek. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good finish. Good goal. Good finish. I'm going to give my goal of the week, Cran. My goal... I'm going to give my goal of the week, Cran, to uh, Vout Weghorst. That's very close. That was a great finish. Look, uh, as we spoke about earlier, he's exactly what Burnley need, and he's really kind of coming to fruition now. Your god of the week, Cran. As much as I did slate him, I'm going to give it to Harry Kane. <laughs> I, I think that was, I don't think there's anyone else, to be honest. That was, a, that was a performance in which Spurs needed for the whole season. Not 26 yeah. games in, but yeah. I'll give it to him anyway. Yeah, to be honest with you, Cran, I don't think you can look any further than Harry Kane. Yeah. Because I thought he was immense. Really torn up. And maybe it's because he wants to go to see. <laughs> he felt he had to perform, but I thought he was immense. This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. And the uh, cod of the week this week is... <laughs> Hugo. Lloris Hugo Lloris gets our cut of the week this week his performance against Man City to be fair he did keep them in it but his, his fumble for the for the Gundogan goal is is inexcusable his performances recently against Southampton and Wolves have been cat and I think this is the first week we've had cut of the week and cut of the week from the one team <laughs> from the winning team as well <laughs> like talk about negativity give him the keeper <laughs> off the team that won cut of the week that's that fucking epitomizes this podcast. <laughs> Le Frog uh, Le, Le Frog of the Week. Hugo Lodis. <laughs> so moving on to Euro Trash versus Euro Treasure. Adzi. Lots of trash and treasure to talk about. Mm. But was it from Europe? Yeah, well I mean it was. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of Champions League football. As well, Europa League and um, the Conference League as well. Oh, God. But my Euro trash this week round comes from the league that shall not be named in Spain. The Premier Division of Spain. And it came from Luis Suarez's goal from about the halfway line against Osasuna with his left foot. So his, his weaker foot, so to speak. In a 3-0 win for a let go. Um, and it was kind of poignant because it was the day Liverpool played Norwich. We beat them 3-1. And Suarez used to always score against Norwich. And he scored from the halfway line against Norwich. Uh, how sentimental. <laughs> so I feel he done this on purpose because he knew Liverpool were playing Norwich. With his left foot, wabam. What a goal. I'll, I'll whack it up into the post. Well. actually owns uh, Osasuna. Yeah, great great goal from Louis. Um, from the halfway line. A 3-0 win. And he's, he, do you know what? He, he probably won't get the plaudits because he's, he's a bit of a horrible boss. And, you know, rightfully so. But one of the best strikers ever. Easily. Well, I agree with you. Unbelievable. Boy, he did a Barca after Liverpool yeah. as well. But um, my Euro treasure goes to Mourinho's volley against. Uh, <laughs> was it Salernitana they were playing or something? I can't even remember who they were The playing. team bottom of the league. Yeah, sense. they were playing bottom of the league in Syria. And Mourinho decided to, to grab the ball and volley it up in the air. For whatever reason, I think he got pissed off. He got sent off, that's why. But he, he got a straight red. I, he has two straight reds this season uh, um, from the touchline I was at the other game where he got a straight red against Napoli <laughs> he's he, he absolutely fumes up on the sideline mm. but um, he's a head case. I think the Serie A has the most red cards for managers as well Yeah, of any league 
Hellas Verona was the game that they were playing against. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, they end up coming back. They were 2 0 down. They end up coming back to make it 2 all. Mm. But um, yeah, Roma looking pretty rough in Syria. I think they're eighth now. So yeah. after a good start as well. Yeah, it's not looking good for them. No. Um, but yeah, that's my Euro treasure, Adzi. Yeah, my Euro trash cran comes from Scotland. And in particular, like, I mean, when you, when you think of Scottish football, you do only think really of Rangers and Celtic. Um, on Thursday night, uh, Brushy Dormant lost 4 2 to Rangers at home. And on Sunday morning, Rangers lot drew 1 all with Dundee United. How the fuck did that happen? Moving on to Celtic. They lost 3-1 at home to being bleeding Bodo Glimt of nowhere or something. And then they won 3-2 against Dundee. The other Dundee in Scotland. Like, the Scottish League and Scottish football is, like, it's such an anomaly. So when Rangers won on what tours the night, everyone was like, and people think Rangers wouldn't survive in the Premier League. And then they go and fucking draw with Dundee United. They probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? They probably wouldn't do well. Um, I think Jude Bellingham came out as well and said that he can't wait for the night at Ibrox. Yeah. So. <coughs> I'm just going to touch on real real quick, Cran, just a quick run through of the Europa League. Round of 32 games. Barcelona with a one-all draw at Napoli. Obviously, Rangers beat Dortmund 4-2. Sheriff won 2-0. The lads at Sheriff. Um, Zenit lost 3-2 at home to Real Betis. Atalanta won 2-1 at home to Olympiacos. Jim City, two goals from centre-half. Porto won 2-1 against Lazio. Leipzig drew 2-0 with Sociedad. Sevilla beat Zagreb 3-1. The Europa Conference League, Cran. Oh, God. With Tajland 1-0 against Pauk, the team that knocked balls out of uh, Europa last last summer, wasn't it? Mm. Fenerbahce 2, um, Slavi Prague 3. PSV Eindhoven won 1-0 against Maccabi Tel Aviv. Rapid VN won 2-1 against Vitesse. Celtic, of course, of course, lost to Bodo Glimt. Leicester won 4-1. Marseille won 3-1 against... Quarabag and Partizan that doesn't say Belgrade it says does that say Belgrade it says Bograd <laughs> Jesus Christ never heard of them beat Sparta Prague 1-0 and obviously in Champions League and obviously of course in Champions League PSG beat Real Madrid 1-0 Sporting Lisbon lost 5-0 to City Liverpool 1-2-0 at Inter and Salzburg and Bayern Munich drew 1-0 drew what did you make of them I think it was mad to see City win in the last six games 16 game 5 nil because yeah. you never see that usually it's so tight you mm. know what I mean but uh, yeah good results for City and Liverpool yeah. Bayern Munich I had them to win by 3 goals or more the other mm. shout out to Adamu for um, Salzburg <coughs> yeah hitting the gritty big fan of that I don't know, I don't know <laughs> the lads always tell me to hit the gritty in work and I end up I end up just hopping and jumping <laughs> oh. the skill it's, a, it's an art form but your Euro Trash can sorry for the prolonged Euro Trash check. Not only. Euro Trash goes to Adzi. No, Euro Trash goes to <laughs> Euro Trash goes to Nantes beating PSG 3-1. PSG beat Real Madrid and then they lose to Nantes. Yeah, yeah. Randall Volumwani with the goal. The first goal. Quentin Merlin. Some great names. Hmm. And Ludovic Blue get the goals 3-0. And then Neymar got the last call. And he missed the penalty as well, Neymar, didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he doesn't deserve a documentary, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, he has won the news. Yeah. Non-speeding PSG 3-1. <laughs> My Hall of Fame goes to Chris Wood's meow. There's shit, a bit of shit housing from yeah. Chris Wood. Um, I think it's worthy of a Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Simply because 
I, I could imagine uh, Zuma being like, what the fuck are you doing? The same? <laughs> like, why are you saying me? Yeah. Like, you're a human being. You're not, you're not, a, you're not something I kick. Like, oh, um, although you would love to kick Chris Wood around. But anyway, you, Eddie. I'm, I'm kind of at a quandary this week for Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because I haven't really thought about you're it. You're at a crossroads. I'm at a crossroads. In your life. Because I was going to induct the little Asian man. That's it to Lenny Furtado, say it right. But he's going to be an honorary inductee. Yeah, he is. Yeah. To the OnlyFans football podcast. <laughs> all the As if that's what he wanted. He can come on the podcast. I mean, if we could if we, if we could get him on the podcast. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but what I'm going to go with this week is the humble point of Guinness. The humble pre-match point of, of, of Guinness that warms your cockles, calms your nerves. <laughs> and the post-match point of Guinness, nice and creamy, nice and lush. It's there for you when you win. It's there for you when you lose. You don't drink Guinness because you like it. You drink Guinness because you love it. So I'm going for a point of Guinness. Jeez, that's a landslide, isn't it? <laughs> Who's going to vote for Chris Woods meow? Anyway. <laughs> We move on now to our second edition of our all-time XI, the only fans all-time XI. Ultimate. Ultimate XI. Uh, uh, Premier League 11, yeah, you're right. And this week's Get It Out is based around our top five Premier League fullbacks, right-backs, excuse me, of all time. Right-backs, wow. Um, and I mean, I don't think it's overtly hard, this one. Like, I think centre-half, we're going to have an awful time with. This one, I think, is, is more straightforward. In other positions, to be fair, but do you want to start off with an honourable mention, Cran? If you have any honourable mentions, so my honourable mentions go out to Lorraine of Arsenal in the Invincible seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone for Sanya as well as an honourable mention. The car, yeah. I actually did rate him for a long time. Um, I've gone for Steve Finnan of Liverpool, Lee Dixon as well. Mm. Gets a show. Those are three Arsenal right backs didn't get in that probably should, but mm. I I haven't really seen enough of those players to put them in mm. personally, so I, I didn't go for any of them. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I know we, we talked a lot about Schmeichel last time <clears throat> because obviously he's one of the greatest keepers in the Premier League and in terms of this position I think the I think the fullback positions like evolved throughout the years. Yeah. And I think a lot of fullbacks that we see now, the likes of Trent, Cancelo, Reese James, Chilwell, Robertson, have like revolutionised this, this position. So I'm not in the business of like Lee Dixon, he won four Premier Leagues and he rightfully like definitely should be in there. But I didn't see a lot of Lee Dixon. And it's probably naive of me to not put him in. Yeah. But it's very hard for me to sit here and constantly comment on Lee Dixon when I haven't watched him play football. Um, I think Kyle Walker is one. He's a great honourable mention because I'm not the biggest fan of Kyle Walker, but he's had an unbelievable career, especially for Man City. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was probably Spurs' best fullback. I have Stephen as well. He had Steve, good Irishman, of course. 236 appearances in the Premier League. One goal, 14 assists. Played for Fulham between 2001 and 2003. And Liverpool between 03 and 08. He was instrumental in the Champions League win in 05. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get in for me. Um, yeah, so do you, want, do you want to kick off with your number five? Crap. Yeah. My number five goes out to Mr. Kyle Walker. You just said there was another mention. Absolutely. I'm putting him in at number five. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I think he's an excellent right back. I think he, he has it all. He has pace. He can go forward. Um, he can defend. I think overall he's a very solid right back, and as you said there, he's won Premier League with City now. He went, he left Spurs to win trophies. You know, Spurs aren't going to win trophies, 
So he left Spurs to win trophies and he's winning them now. And that's rightfully why he deserves because he I think he is an excellent right back. Yeah. Um so I've put him in, in my top five. And I remember he left Spurs and this is when Spurs were kind of were potched, they were becoming a bit of a force. And everyone's like, Would you not stay and see can you win something at Spurs? Yeah. And he was like, No, I actually want to win something. You know what I mean? And he took the move he made the move to to City and he's won, you know, everything he can other than the Champions League. My number five um, is Laurent he was the right back for Arsenal in the invincible season he took over from Lee Dixon again and it's not it's a very tough thing to take over in, in the sense of Lee Dixon won four Premier Leagues um, but my last memory of Lee Dixon funny enough is Michael Owen skinning him in the FA Cup final to make it 2-1 when he was old probably <laughs> yeah and he only played one season after and he retired cool. so like look at Lee Dixon a quality player but I think Laurent taking over from Lee Dixon and becoming in the Invincible, he, you know, he was part of the Invincible season for Arsenal. I don't think you can kind of turn your nose up at that. Very good footballer, yeah, French international. I think he won. Did he win the World Cup for the for the purposes of this for this propaganda? Laurent World Cup winner as well. Yeah. Um, now look, a great player, and um, yeah, he's my number five. My number four, Adzi. Yeah, <laughs> it goes to a Chelsea player. It goes to Cesar Aspilicueta. What a player he's been throughout the years at Chelsea. He's won everything now after the World Cup and it just cost the mere I think it was 7 million from yeah, Marseille it was fuck all wasn't it yeah. imagine a servant like that now club captain and an excellent role model as well um, he puts his heart and soul into the games and he's a fantastic defender not the best going forward you were talking about the revolutionary right backs there mm. Yeah, in the modern era he's probably not what you would go uh, in that position and that's why we're bringing in Reece James now mm. but as a right centre back as someone who you want defending he's one of the best around baby so I've gone for him and I, I we actually talked about this as well didn't we Um, I, I probably would have had Aspilicueta in terms of you know value for money etc in it only for the fact that I thought his best football was at centre half for Chelsea yeah, and I don't think there's like there's not much of a difference in the sense of like it's, it's all subjective. You know well, I mean? he's industrious opinion. as well. I yeah. think that's what makes him part of what makes him great. Absolutely, great captain as well. By the way, yeah, yeah. My number four, and I probably might get a bit of flack for this, but I, I don't think I don't think it's it's. I, th- I think I'm right when I'm saying this, but I think Trent Alexander Arnold's right up there already. I think he has he has 151 appearances in the Premier League already. He's only 22, I think 23. He has 10 goals for Liverpool. Um, some of the memorable ones, free kicks against yourselves. Scored two free kicks against Chelsea, actually, I think. Oh, thanks. Um, free kick against <laughs> Watford, which was, his, I think it was his fourth goal in the Premier League, and then a, a free kick this season against West Ham. He has 43 assists in the Premier League and 10 goals, as I said. Um, of course, he's won the Premier League with Liverpool in 19-20. I think he's comfortably the best right-back in the Premier League. I think he's he's definitely getting better defensively as well. Now look at it, there's a long way to go to be on Gary Neville's level in terms of trophies that he's won. But I think Trent he's definitely right up there. Well, he's a fantastic right back. I don't disagree with you. Mm. What I disagree with is an all time right back because he's as you said, he's only twenty three years old and he's only played seven seasons or what has he played, six seasons or something. Mm. I, I don't think you can put him in yet. That would be my argument. But he is a very good right back. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I just think the way the game's changing, I think he's at the forefront of it. But yeah, your number three, Cran. My number three goes to Pablo Zabaleta. I think he was absolutely excellent. Yeah. For the time he played at City, he was true ticking thin with them. Um, I think he was, throughout that dynasty at City, 
mm. he stayed from um, start to finish. You know what I mean? I think that's impressive considering um, the amount of money. He's that's, a club legend. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Considering the amount of money that's pumped into that club, mm. the fact that he uh, was a mainstay throughout those whole years, I think that that's crazy. You know what I mean? And same with Vincent Company in a, in a sense that that these players were good enough. Uh, to the point where they didn't have to replace them you yeah. know what I mean so or they got better as well yeah, they, they, they evolved themselves as players to become exactly. part of this kind of Manchester City Galactical team yeah and deservedly so and uh, yeah he was he was there I think till 2017-18 yeah. uh, if I remember correctly I'm not I'm, I'm probably spitballing here 2016-17 yeah what I have here. Um, but I just I didn't think the amount of titles he won at City his part his role in the team as the captain as well yeah I think he's definitely deserving of a place in the top five. Yeah, he's he's my number three as well, funny enough. He has 303 appearances in the Premier League. Yeah. With nine goals and 21 assists for Man City ranging from 2008 to 2017. Two Premier League titles, two League Cups and one FA Cup. He's been in the Premier League team in season once and obviously he finished his career up at West Ham but he's, he's a leader in every sense of the word. I think he's an absolute warrior. Um, and he, there was something he brought to it. I don't know what it was. It was a bit of steel that he brought to Man City's defence. But I think his core values of, you know, being a leader, being there for his teammates, etc. I don't think he ever lost that and hard working. Yeah. I I I respect hard working in a player more than I respect mm. talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's the old cliche, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. And you can see that with Zabletta, you know what I mean? Yeah, fabulous player. Same values to a sense as Aspie as well. Mm. Um we move on to your number two. I think we have the exact same top three. We do. Yeah. Ivanovic, yeah. he. <coughs> we'll talk about him because you have a number two as well. well. I think. Try me to say the stats before you go into eulogise him. Go on. So he has 274 appearances for, Ivan- uh, for Ivanovic. <laughs> <laughs> he has 274 appearances for Chelsea. 22 goals, 20 assists. Range from 2008 to 2017. Three Premier League titles in 08, 09, 14, 15, 16, 17. He's also won the FA Cup three times, away 09, 09-10, 2011-2012. The Champions League in 2011, or in 2012, sorry, the Europa League in 2013. He's been in the PFA team of the year twice. And he's been Serbian player of the year twice as well. He's, I, I, I hate I Ivanovic. Hate I hate him so much. <laughs> I despise him, but he was an unbelievable player. You knew when he, when he were playing against him, that was always going to be a tough task. And not only that as well, I respect him because he was a big game player. Yeah. Huge. Do you remember the semi-final against Liverpool in Champions League? He scored twice in Anfield in the home league. I remember it vividly. Oh, he'd always come up with that. Yeah. Like you think of, um, you think of as well, Thank the you. comeback against Napoli in the 2012 campaign. Yeah. We were 3-1 down the first day. Yeah. He scored in extra time to send us through. Mm. So and he come up the Europa League. You just named it there. He won the Europa League. He yeah. scored the winner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's these big game moments and that semi final. Fucking despise man. Oh, I hate him so much. I'm glad. But he was a great player in terms of defensively as well. We were talking about Aspen Quaid who had his best year as centre back. Mm. Ivanovic played centre back in the game at the New Camp in yeah. the semi final in 2012. Mm. So he was industrious as well. Mm. Um, I think. Almost, he had some of his best forms in centre back as well. But mm. it's this this sort of. Um, I think he kind of revolutionised the that position as well in a sense because he brought it forward. Yeah, I yeah, you, like, like I mean, players like him and Zabaleta. Like you look at Zabaleta's like distribution wise, like nine goals, twenty one assists. Like it's not a million miles away from Ivanovic in terms of 
around that period, it was gone from the likes of Neville and, you know, Finnan, etc. To the likes of Zabaleta and Ivanovic. And now, obviously, we're with Trent and Cancelo. But I think he was a pivotal part. Because he was like a centre-half playing at right-back. Yeah. And there was nothing wrong with it. Like, he was he quick as well. Forward, he that? was quick, like. <laughs> deceivingly quick. And I remember when he has got Aspilicueta and there was this talk of Ivanovic being dropped. And he still played. You know what I mean? He's a very good player. Yeah, he lost his legs in the end though. I think he played for West Brom against Chelsea last season, which yeah. is fucking gas. Did he play in did he play in the two games, the three all and the five two loss? And that was with Billich as well, his good friend. <laughs> his Serbian friend. Thirty eight years old, like our number one. Yeah, Gary Neville. Gary Neville, baby. That's be done, doesn't it? Will I go through the stats again? Go on. Four hundred appearances from Manchester United, eight Premier League titles, three FA Cups, two League Cups, two Champions Leagues in nineteen ninety eight. 2008 and five Premier League team of the season appearances I think he was ranged from like 92 to 2009 I think something mm. like that um, or could have been later I think 2011 um, what a career <laughs> what can I say and I think Gary Neville spoke you know I mean? himself Gary Neville used to always wonder why Sir Alex would keep him on yeah. because he wasn't seen as the most technically gifted player mm. but um, I think Sir Alex respected his attitude. I, I I haven't seen a lot of them now because I I wouldn't come from the era where you know were dumb. Well, mm. I would, but I wouldn't remember much of it. Mm. Um, but he was a pivotal part mm. in right back. I think the thing with Gary Neville and I don't know if you've ever heard this quote from Jamie Carragher, but Jamie Carragher once famously said, "No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville." <laughs> <laughs> and some of the best players in the Premier League now are fullbacks. So it's kind of ironic. Look at towards the end, I remember the and he's, he's talked about this before. His last game for Manchester United, I think it was against West Brom. James Morrison, I think Lukaku as well. He came off to which like I I can't play anymore, Fergie. Like, he could he couldn't keep up anymore. And that's a testament to the man in the sense of like he knew how far he was, he knew how far along he was, and he he played for so long. He's like I can't do it anymore. But you look at the things he's won and like 400 appearances, it's, it's unreal. He was the best around and yeah. there's no, I don't think there's any doubt at all. Um, the only problem I have with Gary now these days is he's a bit of a political nuisance sometimes. I, like I, I don't really like, I, I like his views, don't get me wrong, I agree with him for the most part. But I hate this kind of, um, I hate politics and football together. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Well, And the fact he's bankrolling the football league as well. To be really fair to him, sit well me, without, without him and him spicing it up a bit, it would all be a bit boring as well. True. So, and he's a great he's a great analyst. To be fair. Yeah. He is a great analyst. And I say the thing about the politics. I'm just personally not a fan of it. Yeah. I do agree with nearly everything he says. I do agree with him. But... Um, that's 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 another story for another day, isn't it? Really? <laughs> We're talking about the best players here, Antti. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a bit of fun. Yeah. Be sure to listen in to the next edition of the Ultimate OnlyFans Premier League Eleven. Will we read out our right backs really quickly? Yeah. So to finish off real quick, I have Laurent at number five, Trent Alexander-Arnold number four, Zabaleta um, number three, Branislav Ivanovic number two, and Gary Neville number one. Cran, your top five. My top five is Kyle Walker. Number five, Aspilicueta, number four, Zabaleta, number three, number two is Ivanovic, and number one is Ginev. Yeah. And two Chelsea players make my top five. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, it. That's, that's another episode in the books, Cran. Wow. Wow. Um, really enjoyable, as per usual. 
thanks everyone for listening we really do appreciate all the listeners and the love we did get a lot of love last week and I did really appreciate it it's nice to hear people enjoy me talking about the League of Ireland fair play to you for listening um, but yeah I hope everyone's keeping well Cran yeah um, just very quickly if you are new follow us on Spotify um, give us a listen on YouTube as well give us a like whatever subscribe and uh, you know what Instagram we're very active TikTok we're very active as well Twitter's Twitter's slacking, Adzi. Twitter's yeah. slacking. We need to get back on Twitter. Get back on Twitter very soon. But um, look, we're trying to improve each and every week. We hope you enjoy, and uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, baby. Yeah, take it easy, folks. We'll leave it there. So we'll leave it there. So. <laughs>